Welcome to Arise Church, where we exist so that you can experience God. I pray that this message will encourage, inspire, and grow your faith in God. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Good morning. Merry Christmas to you all. So glad that you guys are here this morning. My name is Kieran Emanuel. I am now, this is going to be weird to say, I am now the connection pastor at Arise Church. It's so, it's, it's still weird. Uh, for those of you guys who are like, what happened? Um, I didn't get fired. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a promotion, but just stepped into a new opportunity. Um, and so God has been gracious to allow our church to continue to expand. And so we still, don't trust me, I am still in heart, the youth pastor, in the heart. But on paper, I have to be an adult now, so it's, it's not as fun as, as being in youth. But um, the reason I am sitting here today is I, I want to symbolic, symbolically represent Pastor Brent. It's quite difficult because he's much better looking than I am, and he's much smarter than I am, and he is the lead pastor. But I want to attempt to do something this morning with his blessing, his authority, to challenge our church to cast vision prophetically, to declare something about who we are as a church this morning. I am deeply excited and ultimately ready for what God is going to do in 2022. Anybody ready? And so before we begin, I'd like to pray. Can we pray? One last time. Father, we thank you. Thank you that you have come to the world. And with that, you brought joy, peace, and ultimately salvation. So God, Lord, right now, as we look forward to 2022, Lord, we look at it with your eyes for our church, for your people. And through your word, Jesus, give us the strength to continue the good work. We love you. We thank you. And everybody said Amen. Today I want to preach for the next three hours and 33 minutes from this subject, get up and get lit. See, I told you I'm still a youth. I still got youth in me now. Get up and get lit. Now, I want to start by saying this. There are not, there are, there's not a lot of things I'm afraid of, okay? I'm not afraid of a lot of things. And the things that I am afraid of is a very small list. For example, number one. I'm terrified of drowning. Oh, okay, cool. So uh, you guys are like, oh, you big baby. All right, whatever. I'm terrified of drowning. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you a quick story. I was out with a buddy of mine, and he was on a jet ski, and he said, hey, we're going to travel to this designated location. You can only get there through boat. I was like, okay, cool. So we were going to get ready to go on a jet ski, and I asked him a very important question. Do you have any lifeguard, like life vest? He said, he looked at me deep into my eyes and answered, no. Quick life lesson. Never get on a boat without a life jacket, okay? And so I got on the jet ski. I am, you know, sometimes you got to play it cool, right? You got to play it cool. So I'm playing it cool and I'm chill and I'm just, we're cruising. It's about 20 miles per hour, 40 miles per hour, 50 miles per hour. We're on a golf and so... Next thing you know, he takes a turn. I go flying off that thing. When I tell you I scream like a little girl, <laughs> I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm flailing my arms. I'm like, I can't swim. I can't swim. He looks at me, and he had the, the gall and audacity to ask me, really? While I'm drowning. 
So he picks me up, and ever since then, um, I will take a life jacket to the kiddie pool. Amen. <laughs> Another thing I'm afraid of is mountain lions. Mountain lions. I don't care if I never see one. I'm afraid of them. Only time I want to see a lion is at the zoo. I, I'm, I'm terrified of mountain lions. And the last thing I'm deeply afraid of and is kind of unique, but the last thing I'm deeply afraid of is complete darkness, like pitch black, dark. And I had to dig in a little bit to, to figure out where this, this fear came from. And it, it came from when we were younger, we used to go to Haiti often in the summer. And I know some of you guys, when you guys vacation, you vacation to Wyoming or to, um, to New York or Hawaii. We went to Haiti, a fourth world country. Now, I don't say that to just minimize Haiti. I'm saying that to emphasize the lack of resources Haiti has. And so we're there and we're on vacation we're with family. And I'll never forget this one particular moment. I'm watching a football game. Well, football there is soccer. So soccer is football here. But anyways, so, so I'm watching a football game, a soccer game, and it's about seven something at night. And all of a sudden, without any warning, power shuts. No email, no notice, poof, darkness. Now, I'm about six or seven years old. I freak out. You can hear the commotion. Now, you have to picture this for a moment. Like, we're used to, like, safety lights and, safe, like, like, there's no backup generator. Like, outside, there's no street lamps. The whole neighborhood is out. It is completely dark. I'm like, I'm like, uh, I can hear like commotion going around, commotion, people fidgeting, trying to find stuff. Like, like I'm like this, like I can't even see my hands. That's how dark it was. I'm like, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm freaking out. And all of a sudden I can hear people saying, we need lights. We need lights. And all of a sudden, after some time, you see a little flicker in the distance. My mom had found a match. And the lamp, you know, those old school lamps with a candle wick, you know? <laughs> Light. When I think about that, I think about our world. The truth is we live in a time of intense darkness. But here's, here's what's really funny about that. What's unique about that is, like, the time we live now is by far the most prosperous time we've ever been in the history of our nation. Like, statistically speaking, we're safer, less crimes per capita, we're more prosperous, more security, more knowledge, yet we're in complete darkness. And deep out in the cry of our society, people are screaming on the inside, we need lights. We need lights. We end up with this incredible prosperity, yet incredible emptiness. Prosperity, darkness. Blessing, brokenness. More things, less happiness. Full of possessions, yet empty. Outwardly, we're fulfilled, but inwardly, we're hollow. We need lights. We spend our youth acquiring all what the world says that makes us happy. You know what I'm saying? We're young and like, okay, you need this, you need this, you need this. And then we get into our adulthood saying, how do I fix what I messed up back then? Right. We need lights. And I have to be honest with you, church, this, 
This is not a Christmas message. It's a declaration to the church. And like I mentioned, Pastor Brent has said, hey, I need you to be me. It's like, okay. Let me me shave my head. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I I, I said, okay. Because we're going to have a conversation about the character, the culture, the community of Arise Church. We're going to talk about how we need lights. Now, if you know our church, we, our name, we'll talk about it in a minute, our name comes from the book of Isaiah. And before we kind of go into our, our theme verse, I want to read to you Isaiah 59 because it, it gives us an example of the darkness that the Bible tells us going to happen. Like, it's pretty clear that the Bible knew that we would be living in times like these. Jesus even said, in this world you will have what? Troubles. So Isaiah 59 says this, so justice is driven back and righteousness stands at a distance. Can anybody say amen? Truth has stumbled in the streets. Honesty cannot enter. Truth is nowhere to be found and whoever shuns evil becomes a prey. Whoever says this is wrong is canceled. Whoever says we shouldn't act like this is rejected. Whoever, whoever shuns evil becomes a prey. The Lord looked and was displeased and that there was no justice. He saw that there was no one. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So in his own arm achieved salvation for him. Who is he talking about? Jesus. God saw that there was darkness in the world, not just then, but now. Not just now, but in 2022. Not in, not in 2022, in 3055, whenever that happens. He sees everything, and he said, you know what? There is no one. What is he saying? Nobody can satisfy what I need to be satisfied but one. Sends his son. He put on him righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance and wrapped himself in zeal as in a cloak. Intense darkness. But then the next chapter, this part I want to stand and read. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 says, Arise, shine, your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. You see, darkness covers the earth and thickness and the thick darkness is over the people. But I love buts in the Bible. (laughs) But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light. And the king's to the brightness of your dawn. Allow me to share this, that you and I are the light of the world. Understand this. Let's back up a little bit and back up to, to, to see that in the beginning, there was nothing. And then God said, let there be light. I want to give you three thoughts Real briefly, 
Number one is this. We will arise. We will arise. I, 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 I want you to get this because there's, there's significance in names, right? When we think of names, there are, are, are good names, there are iffy names, like some good names, real good name, Tom Brady, hello. Michael Jordan, the second best basketball player in the world. Um, that was, you'll get it later, you'll get it later. We think of, we think of just these historic names, these stoic names, really, really prominent names. And then there's iffy names. Matter of fact, there was a wide receiver, a wide receiver is a player in the NFL who, whose sole job is to catch a football. So his name was William Droppett. I am not signing that guy. There was a, another individual who played basketball and his name was Frank Brickowski. If you don't know what Brickowski means in the, when the basketball lingo, bricks are when you miss a shot. There's a, a kicker. <laughs> His name <laughs> is Adam Shank. <laughs> it, there, there are endless amount of names. There are iffy names. There are good names. So names are important. That's why I love our name. Our name means to stand up, to get out, to be bold, to arise. Arise. This name came about on a prayer walk our pastor had, where he saw a vision sort of like Ezekiel, where Ezekiel was transported in, into this vision the Lord gave him about Israel and how Israel was deprived and hopeless. And God said, speak over these dry bones. And he did. And all of a sudden, the dry bones came to life. And so Pastor Brent in his prayer walk says, you know what? We are going to be somebody who speaks over dead things and says, when we walk in, we want to be so radiant of the life that dead things come to life. Pastor Brent says, we are no longer going to be branded assembly of God. We are going to be Arise Church. It's prophetic. We want to speak into the future. This is why oftentimes we will tag the region that we're in. Arise Church at Brandon. Arise Church at South Shore Future. Arise Church at Tampa. Arise Church at Westy Chapel. Arise Church at New York. Arise Church at Haiti. Wherever we want to be, we want to bring dead things to life. Our name is significant. It's vital. I, um, I think whenever the church steps into the area, our presence should be known. Oftentimes people get upset for being persecuted. They get flustered for being kind of called out. The truth is, if you're being persecuted for the message of Jesus, it's because you're doing your job. And I would ask, if you're not being persecuted, maybe nobody knows the message you're trying to bring. And so our church, our church ought to be a place where we step in and things ought to change. We ought to be a people group that is encouraging not discouraging, that will build people up, not break people down. We ought to be a church that will speak life, not rob them from their happiness and their hope. We ought to be a church that is the light. This is, this is what we're doing. 
Pastor Brown will often say, this isn't a church or just a church. This is a move of God. This is a move of God. God is doing something special here. And the best part about it is, you're here. You're here. You are a significant part to God's grand plan to bring back restoration in this world. You, the, pro- the, the problem is you don't believe that. You don't think you're significant enough. You don't think God, God can use you. Wrong. He can. He will. No matter how messed up, jacked up, weird you think you are, God says, I've seen worse. He doesn't care. Our name is significant. Darkness is for lying down, but light is for raising up. Darkness is for gloom and sleep. That's why I tell my wife, I, I cannot stand when she like blocks all the light out. I can't stand it because I will sleep all day. That's why I need some light in there. I need some light because darkness is for gloom and sleep, but, but light is for shining. When the light comes, we must respond and arise. So second thought is this, we will shine. We will shine. You are the answer to the darkness. You are the answer to the, God deals with the darkness by revealing light, yes. not cursing it. It's vital we understand this, this subtle principle. It may be semantics. It may be just, it's subtle, right? Genesis chapter 1, we see in the beginning was God, and then the earth was empty and void, full of darkness, right? What did God say? Curse you, darkness. No. He said, let there be light. In essence, wherever light is, dark cannot exist. Instead of cursing, we ought to be, instead of cursing the world, why don't we help improve the world? Why don't we help restore? Part of our redemptive process is to help bring restoration to this earth. You thought salvation ended with your soul? No. Salvation, this, this grace that God has given us is so that we can help bring restoration to this world. Like, it's simple. Like, bringing restoration to this world looks like working hard. You know, work was never a sin. Before sin was in the world, Adam worked. He probably loved it too. Whistling, like just pulling weeds. I don't know what he was doing, but he was doing something. It's, it looks like not being a jerk at work. It looks like not taking your anger out on the cashier because you're having a bad day. It looks like restoring the earth. And so we will shine. I love this contrast in Romans chapter 5 where Paul is saying this, but wherever sin abounds, wherever darkness abounds, understand the, the analogy here that I'm trying to paint. Wherever darkness abounds, wherever sin abounds, grace abounds more. Now, this is not a license for darkness. This is, this is a promotion of the light. Grace abounds more. If the church is in the business of saving sinners, then business is good. You are the light. This is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5 on the Sermon on the Mount. He says this in verse 14. You are 
the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. I want to pause for the cause and want you to see something real quick. This wasn't in my notes, but I want to point this out. Where's the first place light emits? In your house. Now, this may be more for me than you, but we can't be brighter outside of our house than we are inside of our house. Jesus said it, not me. Don't yell at me. He, He says, stand and gives light to everyone in the house and in the same way let your light shine before others. The truth is, some of us are on a dimmer pack. We turn our light down when we feel uneasy, uncomfortable. Oh, shoot, I'm around my family. I'm bringing it off down a little bit. Oh, I'm at church. (laughs) Jesus says, you are the light. This is not speaking on what you do. It's speaking on who you are. You're either fulfilling it or you're not. You're either a good light or you're just, you just need to be replaced. You are the light. It's not what you do. No, first it's who you are. We will shine. Jesus says you are the light of the world. Therefore, light, it has to shine, not reflect. Now, here's what I mean by that. Because Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, because before I read that, let me say this. Let me tell you this. Like we hear this illustration a lot. We hear that you ought to be like the moon that reflects the sun, which I, I get the analogy and I love it. But I don't think it's entirely correct. Because according to Scripture, Galatians 2.20 especially says this, I have been crucified in Christ. I no longer live, but what? Christ lives in me. So I'm not reflecting him. I am emanating Christ inside of me. It says the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. This, this is, we have to emanate. It has to be coming out of us. Not reflecting on the people around us. Sometimes we're, we're as holy as the people we're with. No, you need to be holy because God is inside of you and you've made a commitment to give your life to him and surrender everything to live for him daily. Amen. We are. We are the light. The life I live, I, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I am a big proponent of that. We can't hide it. I got to shine. You guys know the old nursery rhyme? This little light of mine. Oh, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. We'll work on timing a little bit. We're good. We're good. We're good. Hide it on a bush. <laughs> we are called to be the light. Some people think the days ahead are dark and evil. I would say, yes, that's our cue. Some people think there's, there's no hope. I would say, wrong. 
That's our cue. Matter of fact, when you walked in today, you, you should have received a glow stick, glow stick. Now, if you could do me a solid, just turn the lights off just for a moment. What's cool about this glow stick is it works best when it's broken. So what happens when our heart breaks for what breaks God's, we become a light. When our heart is attached to the mission of God, we become the very essence of what God has called us to be. I believe in the goal and the Great Commission. I believe in that, but ultimately, ultimately, we have to be attractional too, not just missional. Because sometimes people are in pitch darkness and cannot see where to go. And sometimes it takes us walking in the room, it takes us being in the right place. It takes, us to, it takes us being consistent. It takes us saying, God, my heart breaks for what breaks yours. You guys can keep that, by the way. You guys can have it. Have fun. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Last thought is this. Since we are rise and we will shine, last thing I want to mention is this, and we can bring the lights back, is we will lead the way. Understand, this isn't, this isn't like trying to make the church famous or this isn't like saying like, oh, church is like the, no, no, no. This is, this is not about us because in the, at the end of Matthew chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus says this. He says, we, we're not doing this, I'm paraphrasing, we're not doing this for, for us. We're doing this so that people can what? glorify God. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not giving to legacy for, for me so that I can look good and I can go to my friend and say, I gave to a nonprofit. No, we're doing this so that we can glorify God. We're not going back to, to the same place, trying to witness to the same person, trying to speak to the same person, trying to pray with the same person so that people can think we're holy. No, we're doing it so that we can glorify God. We have to lead the way. Do, do you see the immense amount of responsibility and, and just honor God gives you and I? He says, you are the light. Like in John chapter, in, I forget what chapter, but in the book of John, Jesus says twice that what? I am the light. And now he's looking at you and I and saying, you are too. Because of the working of Christ inside of us, we can partner with God to complete his mission to bring light to the darkness. We have to lead the way. We have to be a church that says we're going to stand. I, I love it. When the church arises and shines, the result is people coming to Christ. Isaiah 60, verse 3, it says, the nations will come to your light. The nation will come to your light. I mentioned earlier about this, uh, the story about me and Haiti in complete darkness. And I, I'll never forget, like, that, that same scene, I'll, I'll be a little more detailed. That same scene, I was there trying to find my way. Right? And I'm like <laughs> trying to find and 
couldn't see anything. And I'm, I'm really like frantic. Again, I'm six or seven years old, so I'm frantic. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we see my mom. We see the light. It seemed to be far. But I still couldn't get there. It was still difficult for me to get there. So I'll never forget my older cousin. She was right next to me. As my arm is waving in the hair, she grabbed it. And she started to lead me to the light. And here's what I want to tell you, church. Right now, our world, spiritually, we have people doing this. They can't find their way. And they stumble upon things that they think can, can bring them hope. They stumble upon people that think can bring them satisfaction, but they're waiting for someone to take them to the light. They're waiting for someone to say, you know what? I'm going to go to the same target, the same cashier, and I am going to try to start a conversation that begins surface, then serious, then spiritual. I'm going to find, when I go, next time I go, i never forget this. I was with a friend of mine and I was, we were eating food and at the end of the dinner, he looks at the waitress, he says, hey, ma'am, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be weird. I'm a pastor. Can I pray for you? The lady looked at him and said, yes, we're about to get evicted. I'm like, how often do that? He says, every time I go out to eat. We, we, we have to lead the way. We have to be the one that says, you know what? I am going to step into where nobody will step into so I can bring people to where God wants them to be at. And do you know why? Do you know why Christians are the perfect person to go in the dark? Because you've been there. You've been there. You know how lonely it is, how broken it is, how hopeless it is. And you say, you know what? Because God saved me, he did this restoration in my soul, I am going to do that for somebody else. I'm going to do that for everyone in my area. I'm going to be the light to this world. I'm going to help lead people to Christ. Church, we have to understand this is our moment. This is our time. For such a time as this, the church ought to arise. For such a time as this, the church ought to stand up. For such a time as this, we need to shine. We need to shine. We ought to shine. And so here's the challenge. As we end this year and start 2022, we don't know what to expect. We don't know what's gonna come, we don't know what's gonna come about, but we believe in a king who says, the light has come. The light has come. If you would bow your heads for a moment of privacy and concentration, My prayer in this moment is that God would speak to this church, speak to you, and convict us to say we need to shine because who we are. 
just for a moment as we allow the Holy Spirit to move, to speak to us, to challenge us, convict us if need be. I want us to, I want us to really soak in this prophetic declaration that Arise Church will be a city on a hill and the people coming out will not be hollow and empty but be fulfilled in Christ. Just take a moment. Take a moment. So Father, we pray. We pray that as we begin to enter into the next phase of our spiritual journey, of our faith walk, Lord, I ask, I plead with faith that you would deposit in every single one of us, Jesus. Father, if we have not made a commitment to follow him, I pray right now, right now, Lord, in a moment that's not full of hype, in a moment that's not full of distractions, in a moment that just you and I, us and you, begin to work in the inner beings of our soul because it's time for us to shine. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you consider subscribing and sharing this on all your social platforms? If you are moved by the message and would love to share your testimony, please email it to amen at myariseChurch.com. I pray you leave here feeling encouraged. See you next time.